And we're live. Well, we are live. Yeah. Good morning. Good morning. We're actually alive too. That's that's not just purely the biz lingo, widge language. <laughs> yeah, lingo. I mean, it's I always good today. to check. Always good to check. <laughs> How's it going? Um, all right. I mean, it's been a, a kind of a busy spell for me. Um, and I've kind of come to the end. Like I can see the the. The end light. of the tunnel, yeah, the light. <laughs> um, in a way, it's weird. I, I feel like it's going to be, for various reasons, um, a, a busier uh, period. And so I, I've I've survived the really busy part, but I think I'm settling back into a steady state that's probably a little uh, less chill than it was. Hmm. Um, which, depending how you look at things, is kind of kind of a good uh thing i guess i don't know like career advancement all that stuff but um yeah i don't know mo money mo problems as they yeah say. yeah yeah all that <laughs> stuff so uh i don't know mixed feelings <laughs> yeah 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 i'm i'm kind of the same way i can't remember if if i've mentioned work stuff but yeah uh i guess i don't want to get too into it on the on the, the podcast but basically same thing i've got more stuff going on at work than i used to so it's it's cool professionally but then it's also like Man, why did I accept more responsibility? <laughs> the trade-off, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting uh, when the world does open back up and we're all supposed to go back to the office. Yeah. Uh, it's been quite liberating not having to commute. And once that starts again, that's going to be easily probably more than an hour each way for me. Um, yeah. And uh, <laughs> That's not fun. I, yeah, I mean, I think I can use that time to do some of the things that I'm doing anyway. So it's not like yeah, it's terrible, it, terrible, but yeah. I've I've always found a kind of a mix when you have that kind of a commute. Like if you're the one driving a vehicle, you're pretty limited in what you can do. Yes. Uh, yes. Luckily, living in the cities uh, and and there's transit of some sort as an option. Uh, I don't yeah. Know, at, at least you can read, if nothing else. Yeah, uh, read, um, I don't know, steady time. Like if you have dumb little hobbies, I don't know, yeah. you want to write blog posts or yeah. edit, edit this podcast or something, you know, you can, <laughs> you can, uh, I, I've found it quite um, good to be able to actually repurpose. It's 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 almost like yeah, yeah. focus time outside of work in a weird way. Yeah, um, I, I mean, so I've been doing like studying Japanese for a little while. Like I had followed video tutorials mm -hmm. uh, or classes, if you will, not tutorials. Um, but then I was like putting stuff into flashcards and stuff. And mm -hmm. so back when I was commuting, uh, if I was taking the bus, then I would use that window of time to review all my flashcards. Right. Yep. Uh, and that was actually one of the things that I noticed as soon as the pandemic started, as I felt like I had less time available for that because suddenly whenever i'm at home i've got my family You're not around. doing that yeah so i didn't have that little window of spare time yeah um, so I, I ended up taking off like close to half a year of studying that before finally forcing myself back into it and it's it's fine now but yeah it's it's it can be nice having that little window yeah uh, i totally agree i used to i used to like print off like technical articles and stuff at work relative to what i was doing yeah. Um, or I should say relevant to what I was doing. And then I would read them on the, on the commute home. So in the morning it was like my personal stuff. Yeah. And then on the way home, it was like some sort of f professional, I don't know, development type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I actually, I'm, I'm, I'm almost more dreading 
like just the morning routine in general. That time itself I can use, but having to get dressed and everything. <laughs> yeah, getting dressed and <laughs> and like being presentable. And then when you arrive at the office, everyone wants to chit chat for fifteen minutes and whatever. Yeah. Like it's just there's just a lot of uh, a lot more layers of bullshit to, <laughs> to deal with. Yeah, I guess I don't know. I think um, it seems like I might be able to figure out something where I'm not necessarily going to be commuting every day, uh, and so. That might work pretty well, except I'm, I'm really someone who's like really all about um, uh, routine for mm. like this kind of thing, like forcing myself to do stuff. Like I'm not someone who could go and like exercise on Mondays and Tuesdays and Fridays. It has to be like every day or no day. I'm just, I don't know. I'm yeah. That. Yeah. I know what that's like. Mm. Or rather, I, I know what it's like not to exercise every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, there, there was a place that I used to, when I was in Vancouver, uh, I had a, a job that was right across from a gym and I was able to consistently go to the gym every day for lunch and it was great. And mm -hmm. even, uh, like that gym closed down. And so I made a, another gym membership that was next to my apartment. And the fact that I couldn't go at lunch made it a lot harder for me to make it a habit. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, when I was in Vancouver, you might recall, I lived above a gym. Mm -hmm. And so same deal. Um, I could just go really early in the morning or something. Uh, and then when we moved to America, all of a sudden that was gone. And same thing, like it, it was the gym was kind of out of the way. And like, there's just no way <laughs> like I, with my level of willpower, I guess um, it was kind of a problem. So I'm back in the situation actually now where we have a gym in the building. Mm. And it's actually a pretty decent one. Um, yeah, and, and it's free. So um, almost free is almost, I mean, I should say it's a bad thing, but like when you pay for it, you're like, well, I'm paying for it. I have to go. Yeah. When it's free. It's like, oh, I'll, yeah, I'll get, I'll get, I'll get that habit going. Yeah. So, I, I, I oddly feel almost different. Like if I have free access to something, I'm like, oh man, I got to take advantage of this. <laughs> if I'm paying for it, it's just like, yeah, whatever. It's, uh, I'll get to it when I do. I'm paying for this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's. <really good. laughs> uh, I mean, if it's temporarily free, I guess. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm a weirdo like that. We all have our quirks. Uh, did you get around to playing anything recently? Uh, it's interesting because, I mean, just like any... I guess, professional production of these kind of come out in maybe a little bit of an arbitrary order compared to when we record them. So uh, this last week, let's say, not really. I've actually been kind of, I've been, I've been interested again in like tabletop games. And so mm -hmm. I've been not playing them, <laughs> but reading about them, mm -hmm. um, which I've always found fascinating, like, like that level of game design and how to make systems really interesting and fun. Yeah. Um, and so I've been kind of just reading about uh, like the new magic sets that I haven't played with because of the pandemic um, and just some some board games. Uh, I did play, we had like a work event where we played virtual Dominion. I don't know if you've played Dominion or have heard of it. No, neither. Yeah, uh, it's like a, a deck building game. Um, if that means nothing to you, there's like kind like, of this like, category like, accessory. Like preparing to have a barbecue out on your deck? <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, I have no follow-up joke. Uh, anyway, you, you like, I don't know, I'm going to butcher any sort of reasonable explanation, but, um, it's like, you kind of have your own deck you play with. 
it's different yeah. than like a collectible like like magic type game it's like you in real like the point of the game as you play is to like collect cards that you then go back through and build hands out of and play again mm. um i i don't know there's like a lot of these kind of game it's a popular thing now um but anyway dominion is i think one of the um one of the uh more popular ones, uh, the ones that kind of represent the genre, if you will. So I've played that a little bit. Um, I forget when we talked last. I, I finished Lufia 2. Uh, and then obviously you had put out a, uh, I don't know, I'll say recommendation. Request. Yeah, request. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I actually did play through all of What Remains of Edith Finch. Um, I did not uh, get a chance to get into Life is Strange. So uh, that one is still kind of on the on the back burner. Life is Strange oh. too, but um, I did play three to Finch, so uh, I am armed and ready. Awesome, <laughs> yeah. awesome. Uh, yeah, it's been for for me. Uh, my kid has been pleading since January for uh, for uh, Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury. Mm-hmm. Um, so I finally broke down and, and used my shopper's optimum points and <laughs> got, got, got that for free. And, uh, so he, he played through Bowser's Fury in a day and a half. And I played through part of it with him cause we had uh, Canada day earlier this week. So oh, I was able to have yeah. a, a whole day off to game. Um, cool. so I guess that's kind of like almost polar opposites, uh, Edith Finch and, uh, and Bowser's Fury, like one is like, uh, uh, I guess they're not completely polar opposites because I, I felt like Edith Finch did have a lot of gameplay stuff in it, even though there's like no possibility of like death or like getting points, for example. But uh, it's much more narrative focused than Bowser's Fury, which is like incredibly gameplay focused. I haven't played Bowser's Fury, so uh, I can't use it as a reference in any way. Um, I mean, I don't know. Mario, the Mario series tends to be less uh, like narrative focused <laughs> in general, so it's, um, it's easy to it's, imagine. It's an interesting one. It's it's not incredibly long. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's longer than say Mario One was, but probably shorter than Mario Three, okay. for example. Um, but it it plays, I guess, if you imagine. Uh, Mario 64 type mechanics or like Mario Sunshine <laughs> or a- any of the 3D Mario games. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of plays like that, but in one open world as opposed to having to go to distant <coughs> levels. Interesting, okay. And then it has like a a, a, a game-changing phase where like Bowser is like asleep for the daytime and then he comes out when it's raining in nighttime and is like breathing fire all over the level and stuff so it's like it, everything becomes really hard for a few minutes while he's out uh interesting i mean so it's a it's a platformer though right yeah okay like, like a it, mario yeah like it's it's based off of the the mario 3d world stuff where you get can get gotcha. a cat suit gotcha yeah uh, um so it's i don't know it's uh it's it's pretty good and it's it's multiplayer as well like i, I got to play as bowser jr um, cool. so i okay. got to fly around in a clown car <laughs> cool cool i was actually <laughs> looking for something interesting that was multiplayer uh to play with the kids just like on the weekends and stuff um i noticed any game where there's like no threat of death 
they'll happily mm-hmm. play for as long as you just hand a controller to them if you really wanted to, which is different than like, excuse me, like if we're playing a game together with any threat of like dying, um, they just freak out the second there's anything on the screen. I, I, you said that you played through Mario Galaxy with them? Yeah. Um, there's like all the different parts you can play where there's like no enemies, um, yeah. especially like in the second one. Um, they'll usually play the part where you're on the, um, I guess, I don't know if you've played the, the second spaceship. one. Yeah, it's like the Mario head spaceship. Um, so yeah, they'll play yeah. around there and then they'll start the level and then kind of run around until there's like the first enemy and oh, then okay. hand me the controller and it's like kind of a, a bit of a back and forth. But um, yeah, uh, uh, almost like uh, like my daughter was playing a lot of um, uh, Animal Crossing. I mean, you yeah. don't die in that game, right? You just plink around. So something like that that's more multiplayer I think would be kind of interesting. It it sounds like they you really should get Mario Odyssey. Um, you'll probably have the privilege of being able to play as Mario still, uh, and they can probably handle being Cappy, which there's like no threat of them being injured. Yeah, I have Mario Odyssey. Um, I mean, I bought it at some point partway through Mario Galaxy, and they're always like Mario Galaxy, Mario Galaxy. So I figured we'd finish it. Um, but uh, yeah, I, even Mario Galaxy has like you can be the the star thing controlling getting the um the star bits or whatever i don't think it's very fun like i i'm assuming the cappy thing is a much better uh much more interesting version of being the auxiliary second player um a little bit it's it's honestly not a whole lot different but they do have a little bit more uh, mm. control in in the gameplay cool um but so so yeah, they, probably I would tackle that before the Bowser Jr. Bowser Jr. is difficult, and um, Laz, my kid, has been playing for a number of years now, like half his life. <laughs> so, yeah. So he's gotten to the point where he was playing as Mario, and and like you do die frequently, and uh, he was completely fine with that. And I got to play as the secondary character that can't die. Um, cool. Um. The less fun role. The the less awesome. fun role. Uh, uh, yeah, um, it's kind of sad as the adult to have a controller in your hand and not be the one in charge. Um, yeah, <laughs> at some level you have to accept uh, maybe a little bit of this is just you doing the whole. This is you playing with your kid, right? You could yeah. be playing with I don't know blocks, or you could be doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But but it'll it'll be good. Uh, he's getting to the point where he's doing difficult stuff, so he'll be playing games like Cuphead with me. No. No time. In no time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So so that's to me kind of an interesting contrast is like <clears throat> um, the Mario games being like super gameplay oriented versus Edith Finch. Like what what did you, what did you think of that? Like were you was it a frustrating experience? Was it enjoyable? Um, <laughs> I guess I'm I'm curious. I'm curious what what you thought like i'm curious why this was i guess the recommendation of like something that is kind of going to be maybe uh i don't know eye-opening or, or like what, what what you got out of it that was like particularly interesting well i mean for me it's it's a it was relaxing i see largely uh like i i am constantly changing up the genres that i'm playing mm-hmm. um like let me just quickly uh find my list of stuff here and i'll talk very slowly while i try to multitask and open that folder up um so like in this year 2021 
the year of our Lord 2021. Um, I the first game I played was Shovel Knight. Uh, the second one, Edith Finch, and then Bug Snacks, Hades, Snipper Clips, The Last Guardian, Cyber Shadow, Near Automata, Mega Man Six, Four and Five, Uncharted Four, Firewatch, Ghost of Tsushima, Bloodstained, Paper Mario. Like there's, um, there's still more games. I'm I'm gonna stop my giant list at this point. But like you can see, there's a variety in there of stuff that's like, Snipper Clips is like puzzle solving. Mm-hmm. Whereas like near Automata is like a, a bullet held action RPG and like Bloodstained is like gothic Metroidvania and Ghost of Tsushima's like open world action and stuff like so I'm constantly going through different stuff and and some of that is like sometimes I'm in the mood for like a Ninja Gaiden difficult game and sometimes I'm in the mood for something that's just you know let me veg out for a little bit and not stress out. So to me, Edith Finch kind of filled that um, desire, desire, urge, or, or whim, if you will. Um, <laughs> I it wasn't like a life changing story or anything, but there were moments in it. Um, like there's a, a bathtub sequence that uh, you know made me feel something, um, and I I just thought it was neat. Like I've also played in the past, Gone Home. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you played that one. I'm aware of it. I haven't played it. That one, it to me, is much more of the quote-unquote walking simulator genre of game, um, where you just explore the house and there's stuff to interact with, but nothing really happens beyond that. I see. Whereas I, I found that Edith Finch was quite clever in that, like, I, I don't remember how many stories there are, like ten stories or something. And yeah. Each one had like a unique gameplay thing going on. Right. Or, or if not necessarily a unique gameplay, uh, at least a unique like style to it. Yeah, yeah. I understand now what you mean when you say that. Whereas before I wasn't sure when you were recommending the game. But yes, yep. So, so to me, it, it's something that's like approachable into that direction of like the, the heavily narrative-based stuff that has no real challenge to it because it's still changing stuff up and and giving you a variety of uh, mental exercises to do. <laughs> right. I yep. appreciate. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, I guess for me, so first of all, I didn't, I, I it was fun. Like I, I didn't uh, dislike it or anything. I would say, I always have this thing I say, which I've used the phrase a million times and it sounds pejorative or something, but like this idea of a game that's just like pressing buttons to, to push a story along. Mm-hmm. And, I still would apply that here. Like, I just really strongly felt like it was that kind of game exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess when, like, if I can go on a little bit of a tangent, I, I don't know. In my mind, I always kind of look at video games and divide them up into, like, kind of their, their parts. I'm not trying to, like, be the smart, you know, snobby, like, analyst or anything. I'm just talking out of my ass. But, like, I kind of see there as being, like, the game, if you will, and, like, the flavor, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, to me, it's like it's weird that we, in a way, I guess, that we call all of this a video game because mm-hmm. I almost can look and see a game in there and then a non-game, and overall, it's like kind of an experience. And that just sounds like a bunch of hooey, hooey bullshit, maybe. But like for Edith Finch, I think is a good example of that, where it's like you have a product in the end that doesn't it doesn't even feel like necessarily like a game to me. It's almost like this interactive experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a really so I used to um, there was this 
friend I had who lived nearby me and we would always like go out and get like fast food and talk about whatever game design until like three in the morning every, every weekend. And it was mm-hmm. a, an interesting period. And then he moved to Florida. <laughs> uh, so that ended, but um, he was, he had all these like theories, I guess, of like, like this kind of stuff. And he was talking about how, um, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to, there's my beeping yeah. phone. Um, I don't want to uh, uh, misquote him, but uh, basically it might, I'll attempt to quote him as best I can. Let's, he was saying, paraphrase. And paraphrase. <laughs> yes. Paraphrase as best I can. Um, but he was saying like how easy it is to, to like tweak certain things about a game and then it feels like an entirely different game. Um, and like one of his examples was, uh, like how if you had chess, um, like in normal chess, people would just move the pieces, but maybe there's like this version of chess where like every time it's your turn, you have to like tap dance a certain way. And depending what type of dance you do that, that can be read as a move and then the piece will move in a different way. And then now it's almost like a whole new game just, just with that. Yeah. And to me, it's like, I don't know, I, I guess I still I still find the same rule set being applied. Like to me, it's almost like you've just changed the interface to that game, right? Yeah. Um, like before you would reach out your hand and move the piece. Now you mm-hmm. have some other means of making the piece move. You're like dancing around or like if it's virtual, if it's a, if it's a chess video game, you're clicking the mouse. Like there's an interface element, I guess, right? Mm. Um, I guess the, I, this, the last part I, I see in there is like, I don't know what you'd call it, I guess, but like, like implementation i guess um like if you think of say a mario game or like adventures of lolo it's like there's adventures of lolo and adventures of lolo 2 and like as you go through the series it's basically the same game every time it's just like Mm -hmm. a different set of levels Mm -hmm. so it's like that like given your rule set and your implementation to that and your flavor around that how do you then go and implement that and blah 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 blah. um so i I don't know i kind of see games as those four layers and here this particular game i think is a really good example of how i would see it because i just i don't know i don't i don't for Edith Finch, uh, I found it was interesting to sit down and play through it, but like it didn't feel like a game game in that same sense. I, I don't know what the right wording here is. It almost just sounds like like a snobby view of things or something. Um, and so, you know, all of that doesn't really matter if you're able to play it and have fun. Who cares? You know, it's like this unnecessary thick layer of analysis, I guess. But like for me, yeah, I don't know, yeah, it, yeah. it just it, when I think that way, it's very clear what games I personally will like. Uh, like what, what I'm really, uh, what really appeals to me. Um, and this is not typically the type of game that's in that genre, mm-hmm. um, which we know. So, uh, I guess as I'm playing Edith Finch, it was interesting, but I, I just have like for, I'm wondering for you, for example, like what you, what you felt was gained by making this say a game instead of, instead of a movie. Um, and so I, I thought about this, I thought about what not mm-hmm. necessarily you specifically, but people who maybe like are really excited about this game is, uh, would be thinking. And I, I, I don't know, kind of, I mean, I think like there's things that making this into a game would add outside of it just being a movie in terms of like making the experience, I guess, more immersive. Like we were talking about Im- immersiveness last time, mm-hmm. like maybe like if there's like a gate on the side of the house. Like if it's a movie and you're just watching mm-hmm. it, the person would just walk up and open the gate, but in the actual game, if the gate is hard to open or something, and it's like that, that experience when you're the one who has to open the gate is different than just kind of watching people on the screen do it. Or like when you're lost wandering around the house, there's a little bit more like, I'm really lost. I'm really, this is really me doing this. And I'm really, it's my own pacing and I have to figure this out. 
Whereas like in a, in a movie or something, if the characters want to get into some house and they're just circling around, it's like you, you have less, it's less driven by you. So it's less immersive or something, mm -hmm. um, which I guess goes back to how, what I was saying when we were talking last time about narrative and games, for me, immersion kind of goes out the window. As soon as I feel like I'm pegged to some story, then I mm -hmm. feel like more like an observer. Um, this isn't too huge of a tangent, but let's use a quick, uh, like a house as an example. Like if you're playing a game, let's say it's a game similar to GTO or, or Red Dead Redemption or something, and you're or, or Skyrim, and you're wandering the woods and you come upon a house, who knows, right? Maybe the house is empty. Maybe there's people living there. Maybe it's just a piece of the environment. Maybe it's old and run down. Maybe you can break in and there's treasure in there. I don't know, right? That yeah. to me is like a lot more immersive than there's a house in front of me. And I know I have to go into that house. Like I know this this game is going to lead me into the house. Yeah. That's where I have to go. That's it. That's the story. It's it's a linear story. Um, and so that that already makes me feel like an observer anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, that's where like a game like Edith Finch feels like this almost like this interactive narrative is such a good word. I don't want to say like interactive movie because that's not really quite what it is. But it's just like a narrative that the creators want to tell you, and they just made it interactive in a few in interesting ways. Yeah, I, I have a hard time. Like I was reading a bit about it, and I, I saw it won like a, I forget some game of the year thing, um, and that's that's awesome. It, they they did a good job with it. Actually, I thought it was interesting, but it's weird to me that like it's even. <laughs> it almost feels like a different genre. Yeah, to me. yeah. yeah well, imagine they had imagine they had one award for the best movie and the best game of the year, and they pick <laughs> between them. And like if if it was a movie that won that year, all the game people would be like, why is it, why don't we have one for games? This is so weird. Right? Yeah, that's my overall feel having played it. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a, been a hot topic for at least half a decade or so. Whether <laughs> this type of thing is a video game, um, it's it's interesting to me because you know it's it's kind to me a game is something that has rules uh, and and you can lose. Um, yeah. Like to me, chess is a game, but Lego is not a game. Yeah. And and I think it's perfectly justifiable to call things toys like yep. or so so to me edith finch is like i don't know it's it's closer to being like i don't know if you've heard the term visual novel yeah but, of course but to me They're everywhere <laughs> edith finch is, is more of a visual novel than i like i feel like a lot of what are actually visual novels don't even really deserve to have a special name they're just like comic books that are on your computer that you click through instead of turning a page yeah like like to me this at least had like some sort of i don't know maybe it's an interactive novel is is the the, the phrase that should be coined for it or something uh, yeah that's fair like I, I feel like walking simulator isn't a really fair description because <laughs> it's there's more to it than just walking mm -hmm. um but uh, it, it is definitely, to me, it felt somewhat similar. Like when when I was a kid and lived out in the middle of nowhere, like you get up to no good. And part of that get up to no good was like you explore abandoned houses. Uh, <laughs> and, and it had a lot of that feel to me of like, it's not right. quite as exciting as stumbling across something in Skyrim and literally having no idea whether there's danger or whatnot inside it. But it did, it did still have that feeling of you're discovering something and getting to um, browse through at your own pace and, and look at the things that you find interesting, not that someone's telling you is interesting necessarily. Like you can take the time when you walk in the library and like look at book titles and stuff 
yeah that whereas like if it were a film or a, a tv show like you're limited uh with your agency and being able to look at details like that and and take your own time yeah you're almost calling out something i like about uh, uh comics over film because like you have kind of the same thing a little bit where it's like not in any way yeah the pacing i guess like the focus is different where like you can spend 20 minutes on a panel if it's detailed there's all kinds of stuff you want to stare at um, obviously with the game you're looking at it from arbitrary angles and there's a lot there's like a 3d environment and there's a, there's other uh, elements to that um but yeah i i i see that as definitely something worth calling out like there were there were some elements like um there's there's a a, a woman who's like a I think an actor or something and, and it, it like stuff yeah. turns into like comic book panels and stuff. And I felt like that was a neat sequence that could have almost just been like a show or something. There, there wasn't really any interaction going on that, there. That was basically the visual novel inside the game. Yeah. I suppose. And so I thought that was cool, but then there was like another one where you're working in like a, a canning factory. Yeah. And I thought that even though there's not much to do, I thought that that was a little vignette that was excellent as something that you had interaction with. Interesting. What, what did you like about that part? I thought it was really interesting. Like that you're like doing this mechanical motion. Like I've worked in, in a, a, a print studio before where we had to like make like pamphlets and stuff. And it's just, you're supervising a machine that's automated and making sure it doesn't mess up. And it kind of like was recalling memories of that for me and stuff. And it, it, I just, I liked this idea of how you're doing this monotonous task and then the screen is just like fading out on you and you're still doing the task, even though you can't really see what you're doing anymore. And yeah, it, it was an experience that like, you're not going to get that from reading a book or watching a, a film. I think I see. I, I kind of, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of, feel some of that um the uh part you're talking about in the game like i used to hang out with all these art students who are into like um i don't know uh i forget what they called it new media mm -hmm. presentation type stuff um and there was this big thing at the time for like interactive i guess audiovisual art and like mm -hmm. a lot of the little experiments people were making at the time were like almost like this kind of thing mm -hmm. it's like little video games i guess really which i mean that's yeah. like they would object to that description but uh like the canning part at the factory or the the fish part um to me reminded me of of what those people were doing then uh -huh. uh embedded in a game i i don't know i found it again the whole game overall i found like really interesting like i'm glad people are doing stuff like this and it's all uh -huh. you know different approaches to different experiments uh experiences i think that's awesome um i just it's not generally my type of game i guess uh would be my in a in a taste sense um so it's fun to play it's almost it's fun to step outside of the specific things you want to focus on and stuff um but i guess i don't know i still feel like it could have been just like a, a short film mm -hmm. and and again, maybe this is like totally stupid way to think about it, but like I, I almost I start with that as a base point, and then I think, mm -hmm. what did we, what did we gain by making it a game? Which I don't think I'm I'm certain that's not how like the creators approach it, right? They they imagine mm -hmm. this experience and they build it up and iterate it on it and built and so on. But like, if you think of it that way, like 
you basically have this story that happens and mm-hmm. I guess the interface to that story, if you will, is like, like doing these things to make it move along. And a lot of the things you have to do are like move from point A to point B. Okay. Move from point B to point C. Okay. Along the way, there's all kinds of observational type things you can do and that maybe there's some fun in there, but if you want to go through the experience that's been prepared for you, mm-hmm. you still basically have to go through this path and the path is quite clear and mm-hmm. the game guides you kind of. Um, and so, I don't know, I, I always start thinking that way and it's, it's an interesting thing to see the choices that the people made, uh, the people who made the game made to make that experience interesting in those other ways that like, I guess would have been absent in just a pure short film. Mm. Um, and I, I'm kind of, uh, beating a dead horse here, but like when you said, like it, it kind of brought you back to when you were maybe exploring abandoned houses or under construction houses or whatever. Uh, I think that's exactly where maybe we're different where like that's, that's the point I'm trying to make, I guess, where it's like, if, since I know it's a prepared experience, mm-hmm. I don't feel any of that, like wonder of breaking into an abandoned house. Yeah. It feels, yeah. It feels like I'm watching a movie called, Hey, let's go we'll see what we're going to find in the house. And you know, yeah, it's not going to be nothing, right? It's a movie. You know, it's, it's not going to be nothing. <laughs> it's a, it's a lot like that, uh, cabin in the woods film, right? Just like it. Yeah. <laughs> You're spoiling Edith Finch. <laughs> spoiling Cabinet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyone who has only played one or done one. <laughs> it's all the same genre anyway. Yeah, yeah. Exactly the same. <laughs> um, the, 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 you used the word interface there, which, which kind of stuck out to me because I felt like that was the strongest aspect of the game is, is just how it interfaces with you. Like, I've, I've been getting this past year a lot more into ui design and ux design user experience and and to me i felt like what was there was well done from that ux point of view like any of the stuff that you do interact with i felt was done in a nice way like from the little things like as you approach something like you can see like the little glowing dot over it and then as you get within like a certain radius of that glowing dot it like animates out into like a hand so you can tell that you can interact with it and stuff like i there's little things like that that i found enjoyable and um the 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 experience there was one of the stories where you're using a camera and i felt like that camera was pleasing to use i'm trying to oh yes okay that part yeah yeah okay okay like there, there wasn't much to it. Like it, it, it had like autofocus on it, so it was basically you look around at stuff and then you can press the shutter button. But there was something about that that like felt nice to me. Like, like I, when you play any of the PlayStation Four games and they've got a photography mode, it those photography. It's modes just a screenshot, me, isn't it? Yeah, it's like doing a screenshot, and it it doesn't feel like you're using a camera. Yeah, yeah. So I, th- that that to me was kind of the charm of this is like it was a story that you are just kind of being forced through, but I felt like it it was constantly changing up those uh, the the feel and the interface to it in interesting ways. Yeah, I, I liked that I played it. I think it was a valuable experience to play simply because it's fun as well, but just for all of these reasons, right? It's another it's another uh, a game to talk about and relate yeah. to in different ways. Game, if you will, experience, if you will. Another thing I think we're we're very different. And I've, it's been this way a long time, but like I'm where I'm very like 
game game focus like mm-hmm. like games as a rule set and as something that you need to make interesting choices yeah to play and to like maybe win or lose like that's that's really what i like right like i'm talking about tabletop games where that's much much mm-hmm. more prevalent mm-hmm. i think uh you have games like magic the gathering which to me is like fascinating in the way the rules work out and when you're playing it it's like it's so easy to get like in a flow state because like you're so involved in like what's going on and like there's so many moving pieces and like i don't know it's just everything about it is to me it's like a brilliant game um what's what's sorry to interject but what's interesting to me with magic is that i feel like it is a good game but it's also a terrible game like i really hate things that are pay to win well magic isn't pay to win i mean it it was and now there's so many different formats to play i mean if you're if it's simply about paying to win i think that's the least interesting format it's also the original format which I, i agree has some limitations like if you play um the tournament mode where it's like everyone gets a pack a week I right. mean, you have to buy everything, but there's no inequality between the players who are taking part in the tournament. Um, yeah. But like, yeah. The, the, the whole idea of like you, you buy stuff it's, and it's randomized. And if you want better success from that, then you have to like buy the cards from other players and stuff. Like I don't enjoy that aspect of it at all. Like if you're looking at a tournament mode and everyone has the same random odds, you know, I would be fine with that. But even then, like, I find it weird that there's like artificial scarcity with some cards where, I don't know, you're going to open up that deck and you're going to end up with land that is of no value to you because none of your cards require that land. Um, I mean, it's an interesting discussion that could probably fill another entire uh, podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, yeah they agree to win the pay to win version is not as interesting um, but but I, I do find it like there's i forget what it's called um there's like an online card simulator mm-hmm. for for magic the gathering where like you can just build your own deck from whatever cards that are there and play against yep. an ai and i've i find that component interesting where it's like if you just have access to everything then it, that game is like figuring out the combinations of how everything fits together and the real-time strategies when like certain uh, yeah. what, what you actually get is like balanced in a different way than, yeah. than the ideal and so on. And plus other people have their strategies that they've built uh, to, that maybe like directly uh, uh, oppose your strategy mm-hmm. and you have to like overcome them or maybe their deck is not set up in a way that works well against yours, yeah. even though they could have made it a little more uh, generalized to, to be able to protect itself against different situations, but they didn't, they kind of took a risk. And then, you know, I, there's a lot of interesting yeah, yeah. moving pieces. Um I would say definitely if you stick to the uh, tournament format in particular, it's very interesting. I do think like uh, it is, I guess, pay to win, but it's also like if you look at like professional magic tournaments where it's these people who just show up with whatever deck, like at some point it's just like they, in the age of the internet, you just look at every single card Mm -hmm. and you make the desk, you make the whole deck on your computer and then you go buy the individual cards Um, and they have enough money to do that. And because it's not like a, they're not, uh, cards that are famous and have been around for 10 years and now cost $10,000 or whatever. It's pretty Black affordable Lotus. to be able to do that. You what, sorry? Black Lotus. Black Lotus, yeah. <laughs> yeah, or whatever, right? Um, I, I saw, I, I had an eBay ad pop up on my screen for Pokemon cards, which I've never played the game, but I noticed the card cost like $50,000. And I was like, okay. And so I clicked on it out of curiosity and this seller, eBay seller, was selling all these rare Pokemon, uh, like the, the Pokemon card game cards for like half a million and stuff. And they were selling. It said like one sold, one available. Like 
those cards are crazy. I can't believe how much money, <laughs> how much value is attached to them. Um, anyway, I digress. Uh, uh, I'm trying to go back all the way to the point I was trying to make. Uh, uh, I guess just yeah, like the things that excite me are like that kind of thing, and you so you can you can see how um, there's like it's a very different genre <laughs> than something I usually play. Um, yeah, I, I don't even remember the the point I was trying to make. So. Um, yeah, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I like, I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm still kind of on the fence in a lot of ways. Uh, like I'm thinking of games I've played that are kind of more narrative focused, but then, um, like there's, elements in the game where you have to make choices that control the outcome and they're choices that are interesting. Like I think when, when this kind of game is done extremely poorly, it's just arbitrary, right? It's like uh, in deja vu. If you've played deja vu, you walk to the right or walk to the left, uh, walk to the right, you fell in a hole and died. The end, not that (laughs) kind of stuff for choose your own adventure books. But like, I don't know, there's almost like gameplay elements or, or things like I, I actually really enjoyed, um, for the most part, anyway, I really enjoyed, uh, uh, the Phoenix Wright series, mm-hmm. which is kind of outside of my general uh, like interest games wise, but like just I guess the 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 story was amusing enough that it was kind of fun, and there was enough like like you have to find the clues and you have to do this and you have to like in the courtroom scenes uh, say the right things. Like there was times where I found it extremely frustrating. There was times mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is annoying. But like the idea behind that kind of game, I guess, was kind of interesting to me. Um, that was more. Like it's obviously very narrative focused, and you're talking to characters all the time and stuff. But like, there's like a lot more element of like control by you. Yeah, yeah. And so I tend to like that a little more. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, um, I found I only played the first Phoenix right. I found that one really frustrating because I felt like there was a lot of pixel hunting where you, you, you if you don't click on the right part of the screen, you, you can't progress the story <laughs> well, uh, sorry can i interject quick that's yeah. i was that was actually one of my points which is counter to what both of us just said i guess but I've, i found you have more interest I, I think in like this explorative element of games um, yeah and i used to i think but I, I actually don't like that at all anymore i realized like i don't like being lost i don't like having my time wasted i don't like being kind of stuck a little bit um even the when you were talking about the camera part uh, in that game, like I, I wasn't stuck there forever, but there was a point where I was like, okay, I, you know, obviously I need to take a picture of something and the game's not going to let me move on. What's the something? I don't know. And I'm like right. spinning around for a few minutes and like a game, like there's games where it's like, there's no element of exploration. It's all rule sets and applying them to perform a strategy and then to win. And so something like, again, magic, you're never exploring and stuck and mm-hmm. have nowhere to go. Right. Like I, I feel like the better a game is at avoiding that kind of situation, the more I tend to like it. Hmm. Uh, which is exactly like your point about Phoenix Wright, I think is spot on. That was one of my major frustrations and you yeah. don't like it either. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't know. It, it, it's, it's interesting because when you think of like, you were mentioning like choose your own adventure or like making it feel like your actions have an outcome. I find it interesting. You didn't play Firewatch, right? No. It, I found it kind of interesting. I played through Firewatch very recently too. And it's like, they're both considered walking simulators. Uh, mm-hmm. Edith Finch in that, and it's like Edith Finch was much more guided, where there's not really 
I don't remember there being anything that you can really fail at. Like, I guess you're saying that mm-hmm. you couldn't figure out what to photograph, uh, but there's no multiple endings. It's just, it's the yeah. story and it's all about uh, the feeling of interacting with it. Yeah. Whereas Firewatch had a lot less stuff to do. And you're walking around this valley and you've got a map that you can find your, your way around with. But it's there were small choices that you could make in your dialogue with another character where it kind of felt like you were influencing the story mm-hmm. a little bit. Like it felt a little bit more personal. But at the same time, there was like not as much to do. So I I, I don't know. It It's a fun story, but it also it's just like, I don't know. My my preference is Edith Finch I, style. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think my my preference overall is to have games that have a really good mix of the gameplay mm-hmm. with the narrative. Like, I don't know, something like Near Automata. I I felt like it was an amazing game. Like, it's 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 got some story to it. It 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 makes you think about the world that's going on. But it is also quite engaging, and like there's lots of dodging and and dying and stuff in it that <laughs> makes it like a challenge. Um, so I don't know. I'm 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 always enjoying changing it up and going back and forth between different genres. I, I'm not one of those people that like I only want to play racing sims or. <laughs> I mean, I play a lot of genres too, but I tend to focus within the genres on like, uh, I guess the games that are a little more gamey uh, what's the like mechanics based or there's probably some stupid wording but uh you know there's actually a game in there somewhere yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's more interesting generally i'll say generally uh uh have you played night in the woods no not yet no yeah so that's another one um that to me so i played through that um and it was it was probably i don't know what its official genre is but i'm sure it's like in the same category because it was exactly this kind of thing to me this mm-hmm. like push buttons to make a, a story happen kind of game because there's there's no you can't die you, you just play until you hit all the um uh conditions that move the story along but yeah a lot of people enjoyed it for a lot of the same i guess reasons you you brought up for edith finch where it's like you can basically depending what you want to see like you can just skip over things or you can stop and focus on like the town and and certain side characters and how mm-hmm. their story is developing and you can like uh I don't know, like interact with things in the way you want mm-hmm. to push the story along, but the story is quite quite um, uh, linear and set in stone and, and moves forward. Um, and then it has something which you called out as a strength to Edith Finch, but I generally uh, dislike actually, which is like the the <laughs> I, I would call it mini games, but like kind mm-hmm. of like instead of having a solid way that you play this game, that that element gets changed up as you're playing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I tend to find that jarring, and this this kind of has that. Like you'll have effectively these mini games where it's like to go on, you have to like shoot an arrow at a can hanging on a tree or something, that kind of thing. Yeah, um, I know it's kind of in a way a very similar game. Um, I had similar feelings coming out of that as I had for uh, Edith Finch. Yeah, what what I what I find interesting with something like Edith Finch is those mini games are constantly changing, and then that's it. And you know they haven't. To my knowledge yet made edith finch too so right. if they do i don't know what would come of it but I, I liked that it was kind of fresh within that experience where i tend to hate mini games is like zelda yeah. for example where it's like you go fishing in one game and then you go fishing again in the next game and then you go fishing again in the next game and it's like 
I see. It's kind like, of like, like you're digging holes in one game and then you're digging holes in the next game. And it's like, I, you know, if you're going to give me these little changes in the gameplay, don't make it the same from game to game. Like, give me a fresh experience. I think that's Zelda's thing. It's like every time you have to have a digging, you have to have a, a fishing, you have to have a whatever, shooting the arrows. Like, it's like they, yeah. they, it's almost like the fan base wants that and they're going to be upset if the next Zelda game doesn't have any digging in it or whatever. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like at this point, it's just such a, beaten in thing yeah uh i don't know i think if you're i don't want to speak for some weird minority of of gamers or something but uh, if you're someone maybe who is like super focused on like the rule set and the games and stuff it's i just i don't know i just find it jarring when it gets changed up significantly i always throw chess as an example like it's somehow representative of everything which is silly but like you never stop playing chess and like have a little side game of tic-tac-toe to decide yeah. something. You know, it's just like you're focused on chess, like that deep strategy. And yeah. so that's, I don't know. I, I think for me, that's the most interesting part of games is like how to, how to design that um, given like whatever flavor is there. If yeah. I go back to magic for a second, like every magic set that comes out, there's some narrative and it's not yeah, much yeah, of a narrative that you play through. It's like, you know, the world has entered yeah, you, this phase and there's some army fighting this other army. Okay, go ahead and play magic. It's yeah. more of a backdrop really. And I actually like that. It's just in a flavor that you really feel like, and like all the awesome art and stuff, like you, you really feel like you're shooting fireballs at this other person who, who has some other power or something like that's fun. I don't feel like I'm constrained to some story. Yeah. Uh, so maybe like for me, I'm all about, flavor but i'm less about a highly structured narrative that you have to go through yeah. to kind of arbitrarily be able to say okay i beat this game like I, i'm almost uh like nowadays i'm, I'm way less interested in beating games because it just means sitting through a story right yeah in many cases in many cases i mean i'm i'm one of those people that uh loves to beat games but doesn't love to complete games uh where i feel like when i do go through the main story that's enough for me i don't feel like i need to collect the 999 korok seeds uh, <laughs> you know what's funny I, I think i'm exactly the opposite like to me the the little like what you're calling completion is is like a game that needs to be accomplished and won and done whereas like the story is depending on the game kind of maybe like more arbitrary like yeah. just give it to me and tell me and then i'll do the game parts yeah. except i find that the way most games are actually made is that it's a chore to complete them. Like it stops being fun very quickly. Yeah. Um, which is another problem I have with like just how some achievements are, are set up in a lot of games that have achievements, especially arbitrary ones. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not, I'm certainly not a completionist at all, but, but like the idea of having a task to, to do that's kind of difficult yeah. is more interesting than beating the game if done well, I guess. Yeah. yeah like, I mean, if you, you think back to like uh, Castlevania, symphony of the night for example um i'm the type of person that i think i did max out the the map completion in that Mm -hmm. um and like there's bosses that you have to fight that are like harder than the boss of the game Mm -hmm. and i'm happy to go through and do that but like if there's like i don't know hams hidden in walls that you have to break and you have to collect all of those in order to get the map completion like to me that's just like piss off like just (laughs) no i don't (laughs) <laughs> it's kind of like uh, that's one of the things with the mario games i find kind of just and like I, I like how they're structured because like there's actually x stars and you yeah. only need y to move on and so you're not required where y is less than x you don't need to go and get every single star right there might be yeah. like 100 but you only need 60 yeah. but then of course you know there's 100 and like people online give you their list of where they all are like I, i'm not the kind of person that's going to go and get every star 
Um, yeah. And I think you could argue on whether that's a good design or not. I, I don't know. I, I actually like that because it lets you kind of choose the stars that are fun for you to go and get. It's, uh, it's, it's interesting because it's a series that has taught right from the very first Super Mario Bros. game that it's okay to skip levels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, maybe a little more explicitly now. Like, it's not even a se- secret anymore, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that. I, I'm, I like that. I mean, there's people that want to complete it, and so they go and do. And there's a, a game element there for them, too. Hmm. Um, so I like that design. Well, Somebody. we're coming up on an hour here. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know what to say anymore. I, I, I recommended both Edith Finch and Life is Strange uh, at the same time. And I, I went with the Edith Finch as a recommendation just because I felt it was going to be more approachable because mm-hmm. of the different activities to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm now questioning the Life is Strange one a little bit more because I felt like from a story perspective, it, it's a great story. I feel like it would make for a great film or tv show mm-hmm. um and i think that a large part of the reason it succeeds over those medias is because there is some agency and and depending on what actions you take things will change and feel as though you're in control yeah but it is also a game that um doesn't have things to do you know i think i still opt to play it because you highlight it as a game that was interesting to you um on the whole like narrative focus side Mm uh i myself i'm acting like i I narrow in on some subset of games and and really want to only do those and not focus on the others Uh, i i wouldn't mind having more experiences on that other side uh in my in my uh whatever I'll, I'll say that it, things to talk about. I'll, I'll say that it has less gameplay than Final Fantasy VIII, uh, <laughs> but it has a better story than Final Fantasy VIII. And so does everything. <laughs> cool. Okay. Uh, well, let me. Uh, I know it's a longer game. Yeah. <laughs> Get to yeah, it sometime. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's 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 a chapter based game though, so you could always like pick up a chapter and play through that over like a week, and then give it a rest for a little while and come back. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, or even like I'm, I'm okay with playing a, ch- a chapter and then kind of having a feeling for, yeah, you know, I don't know. Like if if I'm really not liking it because it's really not my type type of game, I could put it down. Yeah, I can Final Fantasy Nine it, no problem. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay, well, I guess uh, we should wrap up for the day. Wrap it up. All right, let's do it. Uh, what are you playing now? Uh, I keep meaning to start um, The Last of Us Part 2. Oh, right on. Um, and it, I just told you at the beginning, we bought the, the Mario World plus Bowser's Fury. Yeah. Um, so we finished Bowser's Fury, but we still need to play the, the 3D World part. So Cool, cool, cool. Very cool, very cool. Um, I'm kind of looking for a new, uh, uh, like I mentioned, like if there's something I can play with the kids that, that is uh, kind of spot on something we could all be playing at the same time. Um, uh, some game that would be interesting for everybody. Uh, so I would say maybe I'll start life is strange. Uh, maybe I'll find that game and play that with the kids. I don't know, <laughs> but I don't have a game lined up. Um, snipper clips was really good. Can you play it with three people? You can play it with four. Oh, cool. I don't know how good it would be with an, uneven number of people i see i'll look into it 
so yeah, you, you can definitely play two player and you can play three and four, I believe. Um, but I, I feel like with the even numbers, it would work better. Interesting. Uh, Maybe I'll coax uh, my wife into actually playing games with me. That, that one would probably be good. I can't think of anything else offhand for, for three people. Like if, if uh, they're into the, the Mario 2D games, then the, the Mario Wii U Deluxe. Right, is... yeah. yeah. Um, that's just, I feel like they'll die and get frustrated. So Well, there's, there's um, different characters that you can be. Like um, you can be Mario who plays like Mario, but you can also play as Nabbit who walks right yeah. through enemies and doesn't take damage. And yeah. uh, then you can also play as Toadette, who has more lives than Mario and and can float and stuff through the air a little bit like Peach did in uh, in Mario 2. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So the, there is a couple of levels of, of how difficult the challenge is. And plus, when you're playing multiplayer at any time, you can press your shoulder buttons, I believe, and like go into a little bubble and fly around. So if you're going to fall into a pit, uh, they can rely on the fact that you are not going to fall into a pit and they can survive it. <laughs> um, awesome. Uh, that's actually, that might be a candidate for me. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, All right. Uh, I'll let you go play those games then. <laughs> I'm more likely to go back to bed, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Cool. Till next time. All right. Cheers.